Are you tired of the same boring and bland coffee flavors week after week, year after year? Why not try something new and fresh from Bean Quest Coffee? They have flavors like Brazil Peaberry and my personal favorite, Bali Blue Moon Organic. A dark and complex coffee with an exotic and syrupy body and hints of chocolate, vanilla, and spice. Seriously guys, check them out and when you do, make sure to use our promo code 10biscuit at checkout for 5% off your order. Join us on a quest for better coffee today at bean-questcoffee.com. Thanks. Hey everyone, Tin Man here with another 10 Biscuit Talks episode. Make sure to reach out on Twitter or email. Let us know what you want to hear so we can get your ideas on this show. Thank you all for all the love and support. It means a lot to both of us. Now, let's get on with the episode. Are you ready, Tin Man, to talk about this? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. All right, guys. What we're talking about today is called Pito's Paradox. Like I mentioned before, it is a scientific mystery of sorts. Uh, usually we talk about conspiracy theories or uh, paranormal type stuff. And, you know, today... It's, it's a science mystery. I think there are just as many mysteries in the natural world as there are the supernatural. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, usually it's like a lot of our questions about the, the theories that we talk about are like, what if? What if, you know, King Tut's curse was the cause for everything that was bad in 2020? Um, but this one's more like, this is a fact. Like, this is actually happening, happening, but, like, why is it happening? It's more of a why rather than what if. Yeah, I think, you know, in the past, we talked about, obviously, Time Cube. I think we mentioned that in one of our last episodes, uh, <laughs> which was still more on the, like, weird, sort of, like, fantastic, like, pseudoscience side. So it was, like, science, right? But... <laughs> Yeah. Definitely more pseudoscience. We have talked about uh, sim life, so mm -hmm. simulated reality, um, which I think is still sciency, but it's more of like a it's definitely more in the theoretical 
realm. Yeah, right? and we we also talked about the uh, the neuro marketing too. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was a little bit out of our wheelhouse, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, now this one's this one's really interesting though. This one's really good. I'm glad that you you chose this um, topic because it's it's very it's very interesting. So, Something a little bit different. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, so to explain this to you guys, uh, Pato's, Pato's paradox is basically the biological mystery of why cancer doesn't affect large animals. So we're talking like elephants, whales, uh, I think even like giraffes, potentially like rhinos are in that category. But obviously, like there are these huge animals that exist on our planet, um, but they have a super, super low to potentially non-existent chance of um, having cancer. So why is that? It's a paradox. Right. <laughs> because the, to break it down as simply as possible, the way you get cancer is a cell in the body becomes cancerous. So the theory should be the more cells that you have in your body, the more likely it is that you would get cancer. So like larger... If you, if you extrapolate, extrapolate that, right. right? The more cells you have, the higher risk you should be of getting cancer. Right. However, like you said, it's more so the opposite. It, mm-hmm. uh, the larger the animal, they don't get cancer. So, yeah, so base, basically animals with like a thousand times more cells than humans um, do not exhibit an increased cancer risk. Um, right. And basically this is a paradox because at the time there are a whole bunch of theories as to why this might be the case, um, but there is no one definite answer. And there are some animals that we don't know anything about. So blue whales uh, we know some things about some animals and not about others, but blue whales are definitely one of those animals that we know is at a lower cancer, lower to non-existent cancer risk. Um, but we don't know anything about how or why that actually is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, do we want to get into our like initial thoughts on on it, or did you want to yeah. talk more about the, the theory itself? First. No, I mean, I, I think we covered the basics, and we'll kind of dive deeper into the science side of things a little mm-hmm. bit later on when we talk about, like, who who found this out, um, you know, where it originated, and examples of some of the different theories, but... But yeah, I think uh, why don't you go ahead? Let us let us know how you feel about this paradox, Finman. Uh, this this theory makes my brain hurt. All right, <laughs> um, it a lot of the articles and and things that I found regarding this they use a lot of scientific language, and me being a commoner from the middle of Missouri. I don't understand what they're trying to say. Like I can kind of, you know, using context clues, um, decipher what they're trying to say, but it makes my brain hurt. And it also, I mean, it, I, I get that it's a paradox, <clears throat> but it does go against your natural way of thinking. The more of something that there is, 
the more chance there would be like it, it makes sense like it's a it makes sense as a ratio um but like we said it, it goes against that um and so it, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around it um but i hope that we do figure out what like i hope we do we do figure out why this is happening and how we can put it to use for like human testing um to potentially cure or um eradicate cancer because that's a big that's a big one yeah yeah for sure um and i mean i'm definitely like an amateur science nerd i like talking about science but it's not it's not i wouldn't say it's my forte but i love i love learning about um you know sciencey sorts of topics so all of the things we mentioned before even though some of them were more pseudoscience but mm. you know time cube sim life um even the neuromarketing i i just like that kind of stuff these are my favorite types of topics so right. um but i agree with you that this is definitely one of the more scientifically complicated theories or paradoxes that we've looked at so it it takes a while to kind of like break everything down into bite-sized pieces to try and talk about what's going on. And we're going to try and do that for you guys as best yeah. as we can. Yeah, as best <laughs> so as we, we make can. it, we make it a little bit easier to digest for you. It's really as best as you can, because like I said, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta lead me. You, you gotta lead me through this one because okay, okay. <laughs> while I understand it, I don't understand it. That's so that's fair. a paradox as well. Let's Hopefully by by the end of this episode, Tin Man, you will have a better understanding, and hopefully uh, our listeners will also have a better understanding. Yeah. Hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll have solved one of two paradoxes. Which one? Stay tuned and find out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if anyone listening is more of a science buff and is familiar with this stuff, um, we definitely like to hear from you, but... Um, Again, we will explain it to the best of our knowledge, <laughs> best of my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to look at the history. Where where did this originate? Why does it exist? Yeah, let's talk about the uh, Richard Pedo. Is it Pedo or Peto? Uh, I think it's Pedo. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about Richard Pedo. Yep. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So he was a uh, British epidemiologist, um, and in 1977, he started looking at different cancer incidents in different animals. So basically, his general thinking was kind of what we've already laid out. If cancer stems from cells in the body, and larger cancers have more cells than smaller creatures, it only makes sense that the um, their susceptibility to cancer would be greater than a smaller animal, right? So more cells, more cancer, essentially. Um, but that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> right. Um, as he started looking at these uh, different data sets, uh, he noticed a different sort of trend. Do you want to talk about that trend or should I? Go ahead. You're on a roll. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Um, 
I guess to to back it up a little bit, we can kind of talk about the origin of cancer. So as we've kind of like briefly stated, cancer stems from cells. Um, but basically, our bodies and other animals' bodies are made up of lots of different cells that are constantly going through complex chemical reactions. Um, and so most of the time, these reactions go off without a hitch, right? Our bodies are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But because there are billions and trillions of different reactions happening over the course of many, many years, um, sometimes there are mistakes and mistakes can add up. (laughs) And normally our body has ways of dealing with these mistakes if something goes wrong. Um, But, uh, you know, when those mistakes are made, there's always a chance that that those cells, those mistakes are going to turn cancerous, right? Right. So a cell can turn cancerous and our body might be able to deal with it. Um, but if enough mistakes get through and enough of those cells become cancerous, that's kind of how, how this happens, right? Right. <laughs> and all animals have to deal with this. All animals have cells and all animals have to deal with the potential mistakes that these cells make, right? Right. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, so like I said, that's kind of what Richard Peter was uh, thinking, right? More cells, more cancer. Um, but obviously what he found was that larger animals, uh, even though they have more cells, seem to have a much smaller or practically non-existent chance of cancer. And so this is why it's a paradox, right? What you think is going to happen isn't actually what's happening here. It's the opposite. Um, and so that's kind of what, how this whole paradox came about. Right. And I think, I think that it, what's the best way I can say this? So I think that it's, it's important to, to have the data that he came up with that larger animals don't have an increased risk of cancer. Um, that's important because then hopefully I believe I read that they were they were starting to do like testing on this of how they can kind of tweak it so that it fits more with humans like they can come with with ways to combat the cancer cells that would work in a human body that would also work in a larger animal's body does that make sense yeah, so kind of taking strategies um, imposed or strategies happening within the bodies of larger animals and finding a way to apply that to human bodies. Yes, correct? yes, yeah. that's that's a much simpler way of saying what I was saying. Right, yeah. I got you. And I think <laughs> that that is important, um, obviously, so we can cure cancer, but it could and we'll kind of get into the the um we'll kind of get into this a little bit later but if we could okay okay so if we could cure cancer now right in our generation evolution would state that we could then pass on that um that ability to combat cancer to future generations right like if we do it enough, 
it would eventually become part of our DNA. Does that make sense? Maybe. I will say that I honestly do not know enough about that subject to agree or disagree. So I'm, I'm going to... Go I'm pretty sure <laughs> that it would work. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100%. So if anybody in chat, or if you're listening to this after the fact, if you know more than me, which I promise you that you do, please let me know at how stupid I sound. But if if we can cure it now and continue to like put that into the gene pool that ability to combat cancerous cells theoretically if evolution is right we should be able to pass that on to future future generations without the need of scientific like impeding on it does that make sense does it make sense what i'm trying to say it does it does but i i still don't know for sure because i think there are different kinds of evolution there's like the survival of the fittest type of darwinism right yeah and so i guess it's sort of like it also i think would depend on what type of cure we're implementing right so if you think about vaccines i don't know i don't know enough about it again to say do uh, are vaccines something that affect i don't know so i what don't if we're know changing if you know the coding of dna <laughs> what if we're changing changing humans dna to an, to fix yeah. it that's that's an interesting topic, and actually, maybe that's something we should cover on another show. Okay. Um, maybe something around evolution, because again, I don't know enough about it <laughs> to right. say too much. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put out false information. But maybe okay. that's something that we could explore uh, on another show, because that okay. actually interests me. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's move on. But but I think regardless, if we if Obviously, if the research applied to this um, cre- allows us to create um, a cure, or I think uh, some sort of novel novel cure is what it's called, mm-hmm. um, then, I mean, that would still be awesome, right? right? It's still something that we can utilize and apply to people moving forward. Right. I'm not saying that it's like evolution, you know, or bust. It's not like, right. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's like, oh, we came up with this cure that works 100% of the time, but we can't implement it into future generations without giving, giving them the same cure. Well, right, just right. throw it in the trash. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just saying it would be nice if we could somehow implement it into our DNA or something so that we could pass it on to future generations. So that future generations don't have to worry about it, you know? They can worry about other stuff. There's plenty to worry about. There's always plenty to worry about. Well, yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> just, <laughs> just maybe we can take one thing off the list. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, so we kind of talked about um, cancer in general and, and how it affects cells and um, the actual paradox itself. Um, 
But with that in mind, obviously, there are a lot of theories applied to this, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't larger animals have a higher uh, chance of, of getting cancer, right? right. Um, but I think you can kind of group them into two different uh, buckets. So there's evolution, kind of obviously what, what we were just talking about, but applied to the larger animals. Um, and then another theory called hypertumors. Um, which cool. sounds it sounds really scary when I first heard it, but the actual concept of it, and we'll talk about it, is is really cool. I agree. Um, so I guess we'll talk about evolution first. Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've touched on it. A little, I've touched on it a little bit. Um, real quick though, before we before we jump into that, uh, do you know off by the off chance? Do you know the probability? of like cancerous cells in humans like what the probability is of one can one cell becoming cancerous do you know no i don't know the exact probability i would be interested to know that in regards to like how much lower it is in the larger animals does that make sense like let's say mm -hmm. let's say there's a 10 percent. just throwing out numbers let's say there's a 10 percent chance that one cell has a chance to become cancerous in a human. I wonder if it's like that probability goes down the larger the animal gets. Meaning, like, um, like a deer, right? Like a like a white-tailed deer. I wonder if it has a higher probability of getting cancer than, let's say, an elk. They're not that much larger, but. Mm -hmm. It's still, I wonder if it's like, I wonder if it just kind of, it's gradually goes down. Well, so yeah, from the data that I looked at, it was really just sort of like a comparative chart mm -hmm. without exact probability numbers. Um, but I did see that a rat and a human have around the same probability okay. of, of cancerous cells forming. Um, but obviously human to blue whale, um, that percentage chance drops very quickly. So mm. I don't know, you know, in the range of like from rat to deer or whatever, right. all, all those animals in between, I don't know if there are like set percentages or if they would range between different sizes. Um, I do know that mammals in general have a higher chance than other types of animals also to or they're at a higher risk cancer okay. risk than okay. other animals okay. um so just some interesting tidbits they don't yeah. really exactly answer your question but fine. um i was just curious yeah, that is a good question I was like just what curious. what would the difference between a human and a deer be or a human and something larger right yeah i was just curious yeah, I don't know. That maybe something to look up afterwards. Yeah, I'll I'll look it up and I'll find my own <laughs> find your own answers. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, back to evolution. Uh, do you want to talk about? It or do you want me to? Like, I I feel like you probably want to talk about the hypertumors because you just sound like you want to talk about the hypertumors. I mean, because... <laughs> I do. Don't get me wrong. I do. However. Um, you did find them, and I did not. So it's only fair that you should be able to talk about them. 
I'll talk about evolution. You can talk about hypertumors. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll get I'll give you the hypertumor spotlight. All right. Um, but we'll cover evolution, which isn't quite as exciting as hypertumors. I don't know, depending on how you look at it, but it's it's still pretty cool. But basically the evolution bucket is mostly just a wide variety of topics that try to explain the paradox by identifying evolutionary traits in specific animals. Mm-hmm. Um and so basically these evolutionary traits have developed specifically to combat cancerous cells, right? Um, but basically, through research, um, it was found that all large, long-lived animals have not uh, evolved the same mechanism to fight cancerous cells. Um, so from creature to creature, you know, rhinos are different than elephants or different than giraffes or different than whales. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the reasons why the paradox is, is still ongoing, um, because it seems like there is such a wide variety of uh, potential like um, combat tactics, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, these other um other traits range from like having a different tissue architecture to having a lower metabolic rate because larger animals tend to have um a lower resting metabolic rate um or you know maybe there's redundancy in tumor suppressing genes um so there's again a wide variety of different evolutionary traits but uh I'll give you guys one example so there has been research done Um, on elephants. So in 2015, uh, two independent studies showed that elephants have 20 copies of a tumor-suppressing gene called TP53 um, in their genome, whereas humans and other mammals, uh, including blue whales, only have one. So they've identified this gene within elephants, and it's like specific to elephants that this is how they combat uh cancerous cells and that's really cool i mean i i think it's cool to think about the idea that obviously visually and and scientifically we know that all of these creatures that live on earth have evolved in different sorts of ways Mm -hmm. um but i feel like this just kind of adds like an extra layer of like awesome to that idea i think it's really cool no i agree (laughs) yeah I agree. Um, I wanted to ask, though, and this might have been in the research, uh, so you said that large, long-lived animals have not developed, they've not evolved um, and developed the same cancer-fighting method, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, is that, I wonder if that is, I wonder if the cancer fighting method is unique to the class of animal does that make sense like all whales share this um cancer fighting method all large cats you know have this type of cancer fighting method or i wonder if it's just like like all rhinos you know, have this all 
you know what I'm saying? Like blue whales have yeah, this. Yeah. I wonder if it's if it's because it would be interesting if it was all classes, like different classes develop their own, and then um, maybe it would be sort of class based instead of related to body size, like pedo's paradox states. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and I think that would really just depend on. Obviously, there are scientific branches and and trees to categorize different um, types of animals. And so it would be interesting to see if there's any correlation between uh, my, I don't know, middle school science class is failing me, but there's like phylum and uh, all of those, all of those descriptors in the like scientific tree to, to, classify animals yeah you guys know what i'm talking about right yeah i <laughs> but get basically you. like how far down the tree could you go and is there a correlation between um different uh classifiers and these um different uh types of cancer suppressors is that what you're saying yes yeah also just to throw this out there i wonder if the probability that humans gain like gain cancerous cells. I wonder if that probability is similar or the same as that of monkeys, because of evolution. You know, we they say we came from monkeys. I wonder, and we only have what is it like? There's only like a few differences between us and uh, the primates. You know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I wonder if it's similar. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like I was saying, the risk of cancer between a rat and a human isn't much different. So I would feel like, I think that goes back to your Fair question. Enough. Fair of enough. Okay. Two different animals exhibit different uh, cancer risks depending on size. Right. And I think it it seems to be more generalized um, okay. for the most part. Okay. But I mean, because even in that in in the elephant example I gave, basically that one genome that they identified in the elephants, mm-hmm. um, humans and blue whales only have one of that genome, right? So right. we're talking about like uh, interesting, you know, humans and whales share a um, the same trait in that respect. So it's right. kind of yeah, I, f- I feel like there's a, a little bit of generalization between um the different i don't know supp- yeah press, like suppression techniques there, or whatever that's there's found also in- <laughs> the very real possibility that my conspiracy theorist ass is looking for mysteries where there really aren't any you know what i mean like i'm like well what if what if it's this what if it's what if it's aliens right yeah. <laughs> and they've blessed the elephants and that's why they have 20 of them and you know like that's could be just me being dumb, which is I fine. Mean, if we're if we're going into ancient alien theories here, I mean, it's very possible that are there aliens... some? What are there some? Like regarding ancient this, alien are there no. ancient alien? Th- oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I did not some. find that research. <laughs> we could the aliens visited elephants, you know, however many years ago. Um, I don't know why aliens liked elephants, but they were like, you know what? You can have extra copies elephants are of cool, this man. tumor suppressing genome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, going back to your original question, um, 
So these evolutionary traits, I think scientists are are identifying different traits in different types of animals. And I think that's a good question is, you know, how far down that classification tree can you go to see similar traits in different animals or the same kinds of animal or similar animals, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like the hypertumors, mm-hmm. that is... I think is the hypertumors and the lower metabolic rate, those actually span that that's more of a size trait that right. could potentially affect um, multiple different types of animals that are larger versus individual evolution traits that may only affect a specific kind of animal, if that makes sense. So there's like individual traits and then, just traits you have from being a really big animal. <laughs> All right. And I think really big animal kind of traits. Like Got it. Theories in both buckets. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Kind of got off on a tangent there. Kind of. But it's all relevant. Um, did you have more to talk about with uh, evolution? evolution? Oh, yeah. Just one more interesting tidbit about evolution. So, again, going back to the elephant example, basically, scientists have identified basically where where animals show to have evolutionary traits that help suppress cancerous cells, um, they theorize that there are potential drawbacks to that. Um, so it could be how maybe they age faster once they like get to a certain age, like their body just starts to shut down faster, or in the case of the elephants, um, what is actually impacted is their fertility rate. So even though they have this cancer suppression gene and elephants live a pretty long time, um, because that extra energy is being diverted to suppress cancerous cells, it impacts them on a fertility level. So that's something else that scientists are looking at in these individual traits is like, what's the, what's the drawback? Right. So if an animal has some cancer suppressing trait, um, there has to be a drawback. Right. Because uh, what is it um, to quote? Uh, I think it's in Full Metal Alchemist, an equal exchange of power okay. <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be an equal exchange of power. Right. You can't just have all of these cool extra traits that require energy and not suffer in some other aspect. So that's right. kind of interesting. It's yeah. Scientists are still looking in that. I wonder yes, if, the equivalent exchange. <laughs> I wonder if that is also the reason. I mean, it's probably not. I'm just, like I said, I'm looking for stuff where there isn't anything. Um, I wonder if that uh, decreased fertility from elephants is also the reason that their gestation period while pregnant is like three times as long as humans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe and, um, maybe because their power is being diverted to combating cancer, it's causing their babies that are that will be born to take longer to be born because they have less nutrients and stuff. Like their body isn't producing as much nutrients as does it make sense? You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't yeah, know. I'm just think- curious. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, and 
basically there obviously there are some animals that may may favor having more babies at a faster rate than less babies at a slower rate mm-hmm. where maybe those smaller animals having more babies could potentially develop something like a cancer fighting trait but it wouldn't be evolutionary advantageous because it makes more sense for them to just have more babies and like that's how it's a better survival tactic than having less babies and less chance of cancer so it's kind of interesting to see like the evolutionary path of small animals versus large animals and kind of how that's taken effect i guess fair enough yeah. I agree. I agree with you. It is interesting. Um But anyway, that's I evolution in a in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, yeah, very large nutshell. But um you wanna talk about the second theory of the paradox, hypertumors? I'm ready. ready. I'm ready Excited? for hypertumors. All right. <laughs> so hypertumors are uh, basically, the way it works is you have a cancer tumor, and then that cancer tumor is like feeding off of uh, the the body. Let's let's use a human, right? So the the tumor is feeding off the human body to to grow. It only wants to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and then this second hyper tumor comes along, and instead of um, instead of wanting to grow and grow and grow its goal is to grow and grow and grow by attaching itself to the first tumor so it attaches itself to the tumor and then it basically just sucks the life force out of said tumor Um, all the nutrients that it takes in the hypertumor gets and so on and so forth exponentially until the hypertumor basically kills off the original tumor um and you might be thinking to yourself well now you have this super tumor that is 10 times worse but no because it only grows from the nutrients and such that the original tumor took in so once the original tumor is dead the hyper tumor can no longer grow and therefore it dies off as well that's the layman's way of putting it um yeah i mean it, it's basically parasitic right right so it's 100 percent there's, no, there's no advantage to this happening except to the actual animal but it's, it's basically like cannibalizing itself <laughs> right yeah i mean pretty much yeah that's exactly that's a good way to put it you know it's cannibalizing itself and in turn the cancer is then ridded from the body um which that's a very I, I really like that idea. Um, it sounds scary, like you said. It, it sounds scary, scary <laughs> but once you kind of like look into it, you're like, this is really cool that you know this stuff is happening, um, and you know this is this is it's it's a hard thing to test. It's it's a hard thing to experiment with. Um, you know, it hasn't been hasn't been verified i guess is the best way to put it um but yeah it's it's 
it's a very weird way to go about curing cancer, I guess. Well, and it's, it's almost like an like an anti theory, right? Because you're not saying that animals have some way of protecting themselves against cancer. You're basically saying, oh, these large animals basically have a ton of cancer. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> they have a ton of cancerous cells, and the only thing like saving them is that the these cancerous cells are becoming parasitic and cannibalizing themselves <laughs> right and you know the original theory you know is that you know body size has no effect on the probability that a cancerous cell will grow um and i feel like like you said this this is like an anti-theory in that it body size it okay hypertumors would benefit greatly from body size because the more cells that are cancerous, the more likelihood there is that a hypertumor would grow and attack that tumor. Does it make sense? Right. I think that has. I think it has to do with the size of the cancer versus the amount of cells. Because I, I think what it boils down to is basically if you have a larger animal, you're going to have larger tumors, right. and so that's where you've got more cancer cells multiplying, which, yeah, which means that there's more chance for the cancerous cells to make a mistake and create this hypertumor. Right. I think that's what you're saying, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the more, the more cells there are that are cancerous that are growing together to become this giant tumor, um, the higher chance there is to create hypertumor yeah yeah that's that's what i was trying to say um but i don't know i really like that idea um i think that i think that the hypertumor anti-theory is what we're going to call it i think that's probably the most likely explanation that um, cancer still exists, yes. but it's cannibalizing itself. <laughs> yes, I think that I think that's the easiest. I think that's the easiest solution. As weird as that is to say, <laughs> I think that's the easiest solution because well, yeah, because it just goes against all logic and all probability statistics that. The bigger the size of the animal, the less chance they have of getting cancer. Like, it goes against all logic. Well, when you... Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about statistics, too, right? About how the... the That's the fact that it's a paradox, right? Is that it, it seems to go against logic. Right. But talking numbers i mean just the fact that hypertumors may exist is i mean it's another numbers game right so basically we're talking about how the only way for these hypertumors to exist is to be in an animal large enough where there's so there's so many of these um 
cell, cancerous cell divisions happening that one cell just decides to be like, oh, well, no, I'm <laughs> you guys, I'm going to go off on my own and start its own second tumor. Like, I feel like that's it. It's like the cancer of cancers, right? It's exactly how normal cancer starts is you've got one like rogue cell. Yeah. So it just, it just like seems to make sense. You know, you know, the other scary thing, I didn't really think about this until now is um, if, okay. If the hypertumor requires a large amount of cancerous cells or a large tumor, right? So a large amount of cancerous cells, right? Mm -hmm. If the hypertumor requires that to be made, then it's almost, it almost becomes like a race against time. Like, will, okay, because think about it this way, all right? If you have an absolutely massive tumor, okay, and then the hypertumor gets created, the rate at which it eats the large tumor you would hope that it would be greater than the other tumor growing and killing the body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, well, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point, right? Is that there's obviously if, if the hypertumor's theory ends up to be accurate, then there's got to be some point or some probability at which the hypertumor occurs to where it occurs at a point where it's still going to benefit the creature overall, right? Like mm -hmm. you wouldn't have, if, if you had a tumor that grew so big that the hype, the hyper tumor wouldn't be able to get rid of it, mm -hmm. then the giant animal would have cancer kind of like negating the whole theory. Right. Right. It would also, the creature would die. Well, well, right. Yeah. So, so I so I think that's the point is there must be some some um at some point where the high, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You I like, get what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to say. It's just it's an interesting way to look at it that it becomes a race against time at that point. Like yeah. will the hypertumor get created in time? You yeah, know. but I mean that that is an interesting point. I mean, could that be a potential flaw of the theory? Like if there if there is no set probability at or point where a hypertumor hypertumor has to occur mm -hmm. um to prevent the death of the animal, then that means there is a probability that the tumor would get so out of hand that the creature would die of cancer. Right. So that, to me, that seems like a pot potential flaw of the theory. Yeah, unless there's other things that we don't know about these hypertumors, like, for example, like, um, does their feeding rate increase with the size of the tumor that it's attached to? Meaning, if it attached to a larger tumor, would it feed faster or more than if it were not attached to maybe a less lesser tumor? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it's kind of like gross to think about. It's super uh, gross. I don't like it. Like I like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, but let's. You you want to you ready to move on to the uh, the, the ending? 
sort of. Yeah. Like yeah, the, kind of our final impressions. Yeah, let's do the final impressions. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first this time? I want you to go first because I have a point to you, a counterpoint to your point. <laughs> All right. My point is if larger animals don't get cancer or they get it at a less, lesser rate, then we need to get the enlarge ray from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and blow <laughs> all the humans up to like 100 times the size, and then we don't have cancer anymore. I figured it out. I solved the yeah. case. Problem solved. It's so easy. Right. Boom. <laughs> Done. GG. Give me the next one, guys. <laughs> Tin Man solves cancer. That's the... <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That's the new podcast I'm starting. Tin Man solves. Right in with your questions. I'll solve them. I got it. All right. Go on with your... Blow mine apart, please. No, no. I mean, I think, obviously that's it's fun to think about right is if well so well i don't know what just say it i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say what i am trying to say is uh your point about making humans 100 times their normal size mm -hmm. uh brings it's up another genius. interesting point <laughs> it's genius <laughs> Is that there actually is a, a like a preset or determined height at which humans can grow to, or to which humans can grow to, okay. uh, and anything larger would not be evolutionary evolutionarily feasible. <laughs> so uh, it's an interesting video and an interesting uh, interesting topic, and if you guys are interested. What if we change the learning, DNA? Yeah, and why, learning why humans cannot grow beyond a certain size. Uh, I am posting a link in my chat, and we'll have those links available yes. on the podcast. But uh, basically, I'll give you a little spoiler. Uh, if humans were to grow larger than a specific predetermined height, I don't remember what it is, uh, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to function in our current form meaning if we were to grow larger we would no longer resemble human beings and i think that's really uh, something interesting to think about yeah our the way that our body is constructed can't support uh like the weight and uh, like after a certain height so really? basically for us to evolve into taller larger beings we would not look like humans anymore interesting yeah. Interesting. So, now, see, that's so. interesting. All right, so we'll bring this back to aliens. Um, <laughs> uh, so if you watch Ancient Aliens, right, they're always talking about, like, how, you know, ancient Egyptians had these, like, coffins and stuff and doorways that were, like, nine, ten feet tall, and that's how they portrayed aliens and stuff like that, right? Do aliens get cancer? Ah, a question with no answer. <laughs> Do they? Do they get cancer at a lower rate than humans? That's the answer. That's the question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or do they get I, cancer at all because they're aliens and they probably have the technology to cure it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they probably have, the, have it in their DNA that they don't even get cancer. If aliens evolved with, like, the 
cancer suppression genomes that elephants did uh-huh. would that be maybe they have a lower fertility fertility rate do maybe that's why we don't see as many aliens that's why they have to clone people that's why they clone <laughs> do aliens evolve that's the next question um i don't know i think i think this is a very interesting topic i hope that scientists um continue their research on it and can figure out some plausible reason as to why that is the case for larger animals and not for humans because it would it would really benefit um humankind forever you know um but i don't know i don't i think i think hyper tumors are the most logical conclusion i don't know if that would be something that could easily be replicated within humans it might take a large animal to create something like that i don't know if we would have the capabilities within our own bodies to do that well so basically i think that if we were to um if research into this provided insight into Mm. treating cancer within humans it would technically be a novel cancer preventative intervention and that was from a a scientific journal that's kind of what they're calling it is basically a preventative intervention Um, now that's just what they stated but obviously again depending on the research maybe there is a different kind of either preventative measure or treatment Mm -hmm. um, or something that we could implement so it's Mm -hmm. it'll definitely be interesting to kind of like keep up with with um yeah things that are happening within this paradox realm um to kind of see what scientists find when did you learn about this uh when we were doing research for topics okay okay fair (laughs) enough so i guess a month or two ago okay um obviously i like i said i like the more sciencey uh topics or mysteries because you're Um, a geek got it yes (laughs) science nerd but uh but yeah i saw this one and i was just like this is it was something that i'd never heard of before so Mm -hmm. i don't know how i mean obviously maybe in the scientific community it's more prevalent and we're not we don't frequent science right for us for us commoners Um, Right, it's just... but it's uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's something that I would definitely want to keep up with now, knowing about it to mm-hmm. see um, what comes of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just curious if it was like something in the news that brought it to your attention, or if you were just happening upon it. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think it it's really interesting. It deserves being like kept up with um, and see like the. Uh, progress being made towards finding an answer or potentially, you know, like you said, a a preventative measure. Um, Yeah, I like it. Good choice for a topic. Good job. (laughs) I hope hope that we were able to uh, spread some knowledge and I hope that you guys learned a little something. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, like, like we said at the beginning, it's a little bit different than what we normally talk about, but it's just as fun for uh, us. Granted, you know, I felt dumb um, 
but it's still a fun topic to talk about and you know it doesn't change it doesn't i don't know what i'm trying to say i don't know don't mind me okay all right yes good talk <laughs> good talk well i have nothing else unless you do yeah, no, no, that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening to us talk about cancer. I know it's kind of a depressing subject, but um, again, hopefully something positive comes out of it. Um, yes. I hope that you guys learned something. So thank you guys for being here. Yes, I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us after the show, or if you have a topic idea that you want to hear us talk about on the show, Please feel free to reach out um, on Twitter at Tim Biscuit Talks. Uh, YouTube is Tim Biscuit Talks. And Gmail is Tim Biscuit Talks at gmail.com. Um, you can also reach out if you look above our overlay, above each of our faces. Uh, you can reach out to us on those uh, socials as well. Um, we'll get back to you and try and figure stuff out. We do have some ideas. Um, for future episodes about having like guest speakers on the show um i know biscuit had a couple people that wanted to be on um i know horror historian wanted to be on at some point i told him to pick a topic he has yet to do that <laughs> so we're just waiting on him slow ass it's all um, his fault it is all his fault um <laughs> but i think i think we agreed upon next time would be do we have a do we know the date of the next one it's uh, uh yeah so two weeks from now would be 25th when? 25th yeah 25th uh will be the next one and that one we're talking about uh jimmy hoffa the yes. the many conspiracies that surround that gentleman uh, that's gonna be a fun one it's gonna get back to our our normal cup of tea but uh i think we'll be able to bring some some interesting insight to it yeah our our conspiracy roots We'll, there'll be more alien talk probably more <laughs> kevin bacon talk probably um but yeah other than that i have nothing else that's all i got thank all right you, man i thank you biscuit uh i hope everybody <laughs> has a great night tonight great day tomorrow I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon hey right. this has been another tin biscuit talks with me hotter biscuit and tin man streams live on twitch every other tuesday Check the description for useful links and make sure to leave a review. Thanks, everyone.